anybody hot in here? Warm? You're comfortable? All right. Are you a little warm? Yes. My compatriot over here is a little warm. Yes, it's a little. I mean, maybe it's because of the jacket or I don't know what. It, I I don't know. It's it's though. Here, I'm going to tell you what I love about summer the most, and it's going to sound a little crazy. What I, it's going to sound crazy, and that is what I most love about summer is not really the long days, but more the heat. I love a good hot day. You know, one of those ones where you're just you're uncomfortable a little bit. You're just you know, like, you know, remember, like, just a month or so ago, we had not gotten over, like, 81 degrees. Do you remember that? We just went a whole month and had absolutely no summer. And I was missing that hot, that heat, you know? Like, today, is today going to get over 90? Yeah, good, good. I'll tell you. It's good stuff. I know a couple uh, weeks ago we were in the service. There was something wrong with the AC or something. Somebody had turned it on heat. Gosh, and so it was getting real hot in here. And I could see it was, you know, it's, it's those kinds of Sundays. I wish I had had a sermon. I didn't have this at all thought about it. But I wish I had a message prepared about hell that Sunday. Because <laughs> I could tell we were getting hot and, you know, it would be funny. Anyway, last week, I, uh, well, Rachel and I were not here. We were at, in Tennessee, uh, to um, going to a service, well, a service of a little town, a little village called At Pontley. So I know you guys have never heard of the little village of Aunt Pontley. It's gone by a number of names over the years. The first one, I guess, was Cannon Creek, and then it was College Corner for a little bit, and then At Pontley, and now its current name... The current name for the little village is a little, it's called Lusk. Lusk. It's named after some uh, coal mining executive that somehow had the rights to that mine that was there a hundred years ago. And they named it after him. I like to call it at Pontley because it's just so different and nothing's like it called like that. It's just named after a coal mine. But you can't really know that now. What it really is is the very land that my family came from for hundreds of years. It's a little town, a little, just this beautiful little spot. And, and Rachel verified it is truly heaven, right nestled next to this mountain and in this incredible valley and just incredibly beautiful. It's the original thousand acres. That original place, and I don't know, I've never met anybody who's ever lived there in terms of like my ancestry. You know, no, we left a hundred years ago to follow the coal. But whenever I go back there, for whatever reason, it feels like home. Is there any place like that for you? Some place that you have no connection with, you've never lived at, you don't even know anybody who's ever really lived there, and yet you feel home there. Well, anyway, we're having a big old ceremony. We're having a memorial service, really, for a guy that died nearly 200 years ago. And we were finally putting down a proper marker for this man, even though we're not quite sure where he was buried. But he was my great, 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 
a number of greats, grandfather. And he fought in the Revolutionary War, and he fought right here in this area, right in Guilford County. Guilford and Randolph County. Is, are we near Randolph? Yes. yes. Good, good. This, 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 this was his place. And we were celebrating his, his, his service that many years ago, and it was a service that was organized by the Sons of the American Revolution, a group that I did not know a great deal about, but I am now a member of. I've been inducted. And we were celebrating his service, and it was sort of interesting. It was so hot out there. It was so hot. And these guys were all dressed in, like, a Revolutionary War garb. And you could see they were not necessarily young guys. And... It was so hot, and you could see them melting. You literally could see them melting. I didn't know if we were going to get off the three-gun salute, but it got off. And we were celebrating, like I said, the service of this guy, my great ancestor, that somehow got this beautiful land that we're from. And we're thinking about him. You know, the really interesting thing about this guy, Captain John Raines, he would become a captain, is he participated only in two real battles during the Revolutionary War, or around here, to a degree. And they were both incredible big losses. They were just terrible defeats for the Patriots. So they knew they were going to fight or whatever, and he joined up before they even did it, and one of them was a terrible defeat near Georgia, and then another one was in Camden. I don't know if you know about the Battle of Camden, but if you do, you know it's a terrible defeat. And the North Carolina militia, of which he was a proud member, didn't do that great. They sort of ran. As soon as the other guys put on the bayonets, and they didn't have bayonets, sort of going to a knife fight without a knife. And it was at one of these battles that he was captured. And then he escaped. And then he hid out for a while with, at his dad's farm. And then after the battle of, uh, New, of Guilford Courthouse, he was made a captain of rangers. And he would go, I don't know if you know what those guys would do. They would have, you would have to have 15 or 20 men under your command. And they would patrol an area like Deep River. Make sure there was peace. But there wasn't always peace. Sometimes they would go to their neighbor's house who happened to support the king, and that house wouldn't be there in the morning. Sort of caught a, not, a terrible case of fire. It was a terrible time. It was, a, it was brother on brother. It was family against family. It was truly civil war here in the Carolinas. It's brutal. And it could be after he sort of retired from his service why he had to move on. We don't know. But once the war ended, he went back to Virginia and got a wife, and then there's a long story behind that. I won't get into that. But, and then he had to make his way to Tennessee. Became a Franklinite, you know, over-mountain man. And you know what's sort of interesting about him is really sort of interesting about him is that even though he lived in Franklin 22 years, and if you know the history of that state, 
those, those people, I mean, they were almost at continuous war with the Chickamaugans, were a Cherokee, a branch of the Cherokee, and other tribes that were at war with the settlers that had moved over the mountains. And it's called the Chickamaugan Wars. And it was just brutal. I mean, if it was brutal on the revolution, it was a lot worse then. But he never, there's no record he ever did it. He was right there. He could have, they would have used him. He would have been a very useful person. And yet he didn't go down that road. And we can ask ourselves why. There could be a million different reasons why. But for whatever reason, I sort of think it's more like a little bit of what the scripture that Heidi read very well. Thank you. Which is that the, the, the time for war had passed. His life had now come to a time of peace. The time to uproot was done. It was a time to plant. And thank goodness he did because, gosh, all of us were there gathered because of the efforts that he made in the new season. The season of peace. You know, I think about the different seasons in life and seasons of a life. And this message was actually supposed to be about something totally different. And it was, about, it was supposed to be about William Penn, or Bill. I like to call him Bill. <laughs> I don't know. Wouldn't it be crazy if I'm in heaven? Hey, Bill! But it was about William Penn. It was supposed to be about William Penn and his story where, in, have you guys heard this story before, where he was going to meeting, right? This is a very famous story. And he's going to meeting, and he, uh, he has a sword on and it was a sword by his hip. I don't know which hip you carry a sword, but he had a, had a sword on, and he kept going to meeting, and gosh, he was the only one with a sword. And he asked George Fox, he says, you know, George, I'm the only guy with a sword here. Is there something wrong? Should I not be doing this? I mean, is this, I mean, it really is not a big deal. It did save my life once, this sword. When I was attacked, I did not even have to hurt the attacker. Just the very showing of the sword was enough. And George, in his wisdom, says to, to Bill, he says, wear it as long as you can. Or he would have used, wear it as long as thou canst. canst. Something like that. I don't know the exact idea. Something like that. Have you heard that story before? Who has heard it? Who's not heard it? Golly. Oh my gosh. Well, it's myth, so to speak. Probably didn't happen. Probably never happened. It's probably a story. It was actually, it first told that story 160 years after Bill died. So for 160 years, they didn't talk about Bill like that. But what it probably was a story. The person who sort of wrote that, who was sort of following Parson Weems, as long I won't get into the details, but he was a person who was a Quaker who was very concerned about Quakers splitting in the 1820s. 
when he's writing this in the 1840s. And what he wanted to do is bring us back together, and he thought by having this kind of mythology, a story that we all knew about William Penn and George Fox and how we can do better and stuff. If they could forgive each other for, for swords, then why can't we forgive each other about the differences we think about the Bible or you know, what the light? We, can't we be bigger than that if, if Bill and George can do? So that's why it came out, prob probably. But here's the real story. Here's the real story. It's a very interesting story. Actually, William Penn was sort of a young savant, and he was very wealthy. He was one of the wealthiest people in Great Britain. You know, managed huge estates, would have, I mean, if he had decided just to be an Anglican, he'd be some great lord. Anyway, he was in Ireland to the annoyance of his parents, and he was going to Quaker meeting. He's going to Quaker meeting, and as you know, right, it's illegal. So he and along of 18 of his other Quakers are put in the slammer. Right? It's a slammerable offense. And as he's going into the as he's going into the jail, as they're going into the jail, he's walking in and they, he's just about to cross. Whoa! I see by your clothing, you are a gentleman, my friend. You don't need to go there. I just need from you a promise that you will return here on Monday when the judge comes and you are good to go. You can just, you can move on down the road. And Bill was like, well, if I can go, can my friends go? Well, heavens, no. These are common riffraff. You are one of the wealthiest people in the country. And he's like, well, if, if they can't go, then I can't go. And so he had to take off his beautiful hat and maybe the beautiful jacket he had on. And if he had a sword on there, it was coming off. Can't take a sword into jail. And it was said that you never saw him ever wear a sword again. You know, the season of sword carrying had come to an end. You know, for some people, it's just different. It's just different. Like, when you think about Saul, think about Saul and his story. We go to Acts chapter 9. You know, Saul was, the, he was so, oh golly, he hated the Christians so much. He was full of hate and vengeance. He was so full that they would lay the, that when they were stoning Stephen, they laid the cloaks down on his feet. He, I'll, I'll take it. And then in a vision as he's going to Damascus, boom, it hits him. And Jesus sort of slaps him in the face. Not literally, but it's more of a vision. It's a vision. And it says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he's blinded by it. And it takes him a few days to get out of that. And Ananias finally touches his eyes. It heals him. It's, the scales fall off his eyes. And his blindness is done. And he goes and announces the Christ, Yeshua, to the world. peacemaker in a flash. For me, it wasn't so easy. 
For me, it wasn't a flash. In fact, when I was trying to join the Quaker meeting, we had these big, long clearness committees. Has anybody ever been through one of those? Gosh, they're tough. Had these clearness committees, and the big thing that we got hung up on again and again and again is I just, man, there are times you've got to fight. Right? When you see a bully doing something, you've got to get in between them. You've got to address the situation. I've been fighting my brother since the day I was born. That's the truth. It took a while. It took a season. It took a couple of days and weeks. It took a while. Before my heart realized that there are other ways, other weapons, so to speak, to address the bullies of the world. It took a while for the light to be cleaned. I had to really clean those glasses in order to be able to see the truth. And it's so crazy. Ever since I did that, ever since I turned that my life would be a life of peace, I've never had to fight. It's so interesting. As soon as I sort of went that way, where before when I was like going to be the middleweight champion of the world, it seems like fights came to me. You know, each one of us is a little different on that. Each one a little different. You know what? It's, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something right now. I'm going to make, for the people that are here today, you know, we talk about words of the day and things like that. The, the word of the day is peacemaker. Peacemaker. And you guys are all honorary, unofficial, official uh, peacemakers. Now let me correct that. Unlikely peacemakers. Isn't that interesting? Just like saw who God will select to be a peacemaker and the very fact that you are here today at this little Quaker meeting means you are an official peacemaker. Sorry. And I'm going to ask you this question about you and your peacemaking. Where, what season are you in your own peacemaking? What season are you in? Is it summer? Is, it, is the corn tall and nice and just needs a little bit of weeding that sort of takes care of itself? Is it winter? Is it cold and hard? Maybe not much is, was going in. Is it spring? Is everything so new and fresh and so tender? <laughs> or is it the time of the harvest? Is now the time after a life of planting seeds and tending that which grows is the time to harvest this season of peace? You know, think about it not only in our lives but as a people as a nation. You know, when I was a kid, we had the Cold War. I think you guys are familiar with it. 
where we had tens of thousands of nuclear missiles pointed at each other, and we knew we could just sort of end it all. And we just, you just sort of went around with that knowledge. I mean, we had nuclear drills when I was a kid. Did y'all have those? Don't worry, it's just like tornado drills. Don't worry, it's just like it. Just do the desk instead of the... It's pretty similar. You didn't miss much. But to have that around us, to just to have it on our heads and our minds. And then that ended, right? And that ended, and the wall came down, and you saw the pickaxes come out and everything else. And yet I really, as, as much as that ended, and we won... I didn't really feel a season of peace. Not really. And then we had the war on terror and, and all that went on. And, and gosh, is that over yet? I mean, I guess it was supposed to be over with Afghanistan and Iraq and those guys coming home, but I just don't really feel that season of peace. And now with Ukraine and all the stuff going on in Africa and all the stuff, I just, when is our season of peace? When's it coming? When's it coming for this weary world? All right. Peacemakers. We got to get started. And here I promise you something. I'll take care. I'll do. I'll work right here on this little garden if you'll work on yours. Maybe we'll share some seeds. Maybe we'll help each other plant our crops. Maybe it's time for our harvest. Let us seek our season, seasons of peace.